0: Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high-performance mind, body, and lifestyle. In today's episode of the High Performance Health Podcast, I'm going to do a little solo-sode for you on healthy fats. I think that fats in our diets is something that people can get quite confused about in terms of which fats are healthy, which fats aren't, and what proportion of fats we should be consuming as part of our diets. Um, And the truth is, in terms of proportions, is that there is no one-size-fits-all. So we are all different in that respect, and we process fats um, slightly differently in terms of the way in which we process saturated fats in particular, and our predisposition to things like Alzheimer's disease and um, cardiovascular disease. So if you haven't already, it's worth getting your genetics tested on this as that will give you the best guide as to the way in which your body processes fats. So I don't really want to go into that in detail today. What I'd like to talk more of is what are the types of fats that you should be including in your diet um, and what are the healthy sources that can really optimize the, um, the health of your cell membranes. Now, no foray into fats would be complete without sort of revisiting why we need fats in our diet and why we've been um, misled over the last sort of 40 or 50 years, um, predominantly by the media and various governmental reports. So first of all, there is um, a myth that's still kind of flying around in places, although it has been largely debunked now, and most people have educated themselves around this. And that myth was that eating fat is what makes you fat. And this is really based on a deeply flawed report in the 1950s by a researcher known as Ansel Keys, who completed the Seven Countries Study. And in this study, he pretty much cherry-picked his data um, to suit his hypothesis. And his theory was that fat consumption, in particular saturated fat consumption, resulted in cardiovascular disease. Um, The media ran with the results of that report, um, which was kind of backed by the American government. And by 1961, the American Heart Association had issued its own set of anti-fat guidelines. And this really led to the food industry launching an avalanche of low-fat processed food products. And the issue with that is that fat is a very good way of making a food taste good, and so once you remove the fat that's naturally occurring in that food, then it needs to be replaced with something else to make it taste good. And that led to the big high sugar um, consumption that we've seen over the past few decades when fat was swapped out of foods and replaced with sugar. Or in some cases, we actually had uh, foods that contained both fat and sugar. And that really is something that you rarely find in nature. In the foods that nature gives us, it doesn't tend to to often put uh, sweetness coupled with fats. Um, but it is actually pretty irresistible to humans. Um, and that's why through no fault of your own, you may find that you cannot resist that donut or cookie. And that's, it's that fatal combination of the fat with the sugar that makes it so appetizing. But what I'd like to do today is explain why we need fats, um, which we very definitely do, Um, but which type of fats are healthy and which ones you should be incorporating in your diet. So first of all, why do we need um, fats? Well, your body cannot make its cells without dietary fat. And we literally have trillions and trillions of cells in our bodies. And each cell has an outer membrane, which is produced from fats. And you really are what you eat ate in this case, because the fats that you eat become the outer membrane of your cells and your body needs this fat to create these membranes which is important in um, intracellular messaging and the fats are also important in the adequate production of hormones and also in lowering inflammation in the body. So fats really are a crucial part of the proper functioning of our heart, our brain and our nervous system And they're also vital for absorbing certain vitamins which are fat-soluble. So we have um, vitamins that are fat-soluble and those that are water-soluble. And the fat-soluble vitamins are vitamins A, D, E, and K. And so if you're not getting enough fats in your diet, you're probably not adequately absorbing these vital vitamins. Now, the human body is built to run on fats. Um, Our original kind of hunter-gatherer-style diet was very low in sugar. And we would actually have only had access to sugar at certain times of the year when things like fruits were in season. So our bodies in those times would have had to rely to a large part on our fat stores for fuel. And so we would have consumed the carbohydrates when they were in abundance, stored some body fat and then used up those fat stores at a later date. So we were not really designed to run on sugar as a primary fuel in the way that we are Um, to a large part in the standard American diet and often the standard British diet, consuming these vast quantities of carbohydrates, processed carbohydrates and simple sugars. There are actually many advantages to having a predominantly fat-burning metabolism. It helps to make the body more efficient, it stabilizes blood sugar levels um, and insulin levels, which can help to lower inflammation, provided that you're eating, of course, the right types of fats, which I'll come onto in a moment. Um, It reduces cravings and it can also pretty effectively starve cancer cells as cancer cells, we know, for the most part, tend to thrive on glucose. Um, As I've mentioned, the cell membrane um, is very important for directing cellular communication between cells. And this um, is made in part of from the fats in your diet And the membrane itself is actually embedded with thousands of hormone structures. And the cell receptors hear those messages. So what we want to make sure is we need to focus on the sources of food that we're eating to build really good quality cell membranes. And proper dietary fats help to make those membranes more fluid and more efficient in their communications. And saturated fats and cholesterol are key for um, building effective cell membranes for the hormonal function within the body and also for our metabolisms. So what we want to make sure, as I've already said, is that we have the right fatty acid intake. And this is really important for optimal health because an imbalance in essential fatty acid intake can be one of the underlying causes of inflammation in the body. Now, inflammation in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, we're designed to have acute responses of inflammation when, for example, we cut ourselves. Um, and this is designed to protect and heal you. The problem that we're seeing in the modern um, in modern times and the modern diet is we're seeing a lot of chronic inflammation. And this is when the immune system stays activated. And we can get this kind of cascade of unwanted effects in the body. And when the body is under stress, what it will do is to build up its fat reserves. And this, again, goes back to um, hunter-gatherer times, if we were under stress, then we would have been in more of a conservation mode. And so our bodies will naturally then start to store fats. So this is one of the major reasons that we see that people who are really highly stressed, um, may, that may result in weight gain or an inability for them to shift the excess weight that they have. And so, But the buildup of fat cells then starts to signal the immune system into overdrive. And so we get this kind of vicious um, circle occurring. And that essentially results in us having, if we have higher levels of inflammation, then we have more fat storage. But then if we have more fat storage, we've got even higher levels of inflammation. And one of the key ways to lower inflammation is to get the balance of fats within your body in the right ratios. And this brings me to the types of fats that we're eating Um, or should be eating. Now, there's a category of fats that we need, which are known as essential fatty acids. And they're classed as essential because our bodies cannot make them. It means that we have to consume these from our foods. And what I'm talking about here predominantly are both omega-6 fats and omega-3 fats. And actually, while omega-6s have been kind of quite vilified of late, we do actually need healthy sources of omega-6s in addition to omega-3s both of those types of fats are needed to build healthy cell membranes. Um, Now, why have omega-6s been vilified? That's because they have been linked um, with inflammation in the body, which in turn is then linked to many of the chronic diseases that we um, are seeing in modern society. And so when scientists have been doing some research, what they found from testing blood levels is that people with many of the chronic diseases we see in the modern world Um, it's revealed that they have high levels of omega-6s. And so what we've seen in the standard American diet, for example, is an omega-6 to omega-3 ratio of somewhere around 20 to 1, which is pretty high because our bodies were not designed to have that. Generally, the ratio that you should be looking to achieve should be around 3 to 1 of omega-6 to omega-3. And so because of this, um, omega-6s have been blamed for a lot of the inflammation we're seeing. And that has led to omega-3s being dubbed as kind of the anti-inflammatory fats and omega-6s being the pro-inflammatory fats. And that is what has resulted in the advice that we've seen recently to lower your omega-6 intake and increase your omega-3s. And what I want to take you through today is actually... It's not so much the lowering. Yes, we need to make sure that we're not consuming super high levels of omega-6s, but we really need to focus on the types of omega-6s that we are consuming in our diets because it's the types that are so important. Some of them are, yes, pro-inflammatory, but others can be actually a very um, healthy source of fats in our diet. So what are the unhealthy omega-6s? These largely come from junk food or processed food in our diet. And that's because those fats have been damaged. Um, They've often been exposed to a lot of heat um, and become quite oxidized. And so those fats are damaged and they provide no nutritional benefit whatsoever. And so those are the kind of junk omega-6s that we see. And what's unfortunate about those is it's not just the damage that we see from the omega-6s themselves, but they also shut down The active, um, the action of the healthy omega 3s that we're eating. So, if you're taking in a lot of junk sources of omega 6 and that's getting incorporated into your cell membranes, because as I mentioned at the start, our cell membranes are made up of the fats that we eat, you're kind of getting junk in, junk out. So, what are the unhealthy omega 6 sources that you want to be avoiding? These are things like processed vegetable oils. As I've mentioned, those are very, um, unstable with heat um, and the process of extraction means that they're often highly processed and quite rancid even by the time they reach the shelves in our grocery stores. Um, things like um, vegetable margarines or shortenings, the fats that are contained in processed foods, um, but also not just junk foods, but when you're eating meat you need to be careful in in terms of how the animal has been reared. So grass-fed, pasture-raised, um, beef and lamb is so much healthier in terms of the fat ratios within that animal than grain-fed meat. So animals that have been grain-fed have much higher levels of omega-6s. So that's definitely something to watch out on. It's really, really is here, Um, importantly, quality over quantity. However, if you're consuming the right types of omega-6s, then you should be seeing some very positive benefits for health. Um, in terms of balancing the inflammation system and also um, the res- restorative to the cell membranes. And what we want here is strong cell membranes because these are super important in terms of a healthy body composition and your metabolism. And they're also really, really important for mitochondrial function. So mitochondria are like the little energy powerhouses of our cells. And in terms of the fats that they use, they use omega-6s almost in- exclusively. So we want to make sure that we have very healthy mitochondria because that increases our energy levels. Um, And to do that, then it's vitally important that we consume the right types of omega-6 fats in the right ratios. So what is the optimal ratio in terms of omega-6 to omega-3s? It's somewhere around 4 to 1 or 3 to 1. Now, some anti-aging experts would advise a 1 to 1 Ratio, but it's generally expected it's accepted Sorry, that it's around 3 or 4 to 1. Contrast that with the average American's um, ratio if they're eating the standard American diet, and it's going to be somewhere between 12 to 1 up to 25 to 1, which is obviously clearly too high. So the key here really is to opt for a balance of around 4 to 1 of omega-6s to omega-3s making sure that you're getting plenty of functional omega-6 sources, which I'll come onto in a moment. Um, If you're eating um, oily fish or supplementing with fish oils for your omega-3s, then you want to make sure that that is fresh, clean and unoxidized. If you're taking in oxidized omega-3s, they could be as damaging for your cells. Um, So you really want to make sure that those are very stable sources um, of omega-3s. And avoid processed oils and processed foods because, as I've mentioned before, this can really throw off the balance quite significantly and impair the um, proper functioning of any of the healthy fats that you're consuming. So what are the types of fats that you should be eating? Well, you should be looking for parent essential oils. And there are two types primarily of these, which I'll come on to in a moment, but these are linoleic acid and alpha-linolenic acid. Um, You should also be looking to take in GLA which is gamma linoleic acid and also CLA which is conjugated linoleic acid. Don't be confused by all these um, long names. What I'll be doing in a moment is taking you through the types of foods that you can find these healthy fat sources in. And then there are other fats that you should be including in your diet which are things like olives and olive oil, coconut oil, avocados and avocado oil. Now when you're looking at oils In terms of consuming these types of parent essential oils, you want to opt for non-heated, cold-filtered, cold-processed, organic, non-GMO-based oils. And your body can actually manufacture several other fatty acids from these two parent essential oils. So, getting these this linoleic acid, which is your omega-6, and your uh, alpha-linolenic acid, which is your omega-3, is super important. And these parent essential oils are essentially the bricks and mortar of your cells, your tissues, and your organs. And as I've already mentioned, they're really, really important for mitochondrial health. They form the foundation of many of the sex hormones. They have a very calming effect on the endocrine system of the body. And every single cell within your body is actually made up of somewhere between 25 and 33% parent essential oils. So super important here. Um, We know that men require more parent essential oils than women, so it's something to bear in mind. And the primary sources that you can get these oils from are things like nuts and seeds and their cold-pressed oils. So first of all, let's look at linoleic acid, um, or this is the omega-6. And this is kind of dubbed the PEOCEO, okay? This is a polyunsaturated fatty acid. And it's found abundantly in seeds, seed oils and nuts. And the reason it's kind of the most um, powerful parent essential oil or the PEO CEO um, is that it's really essential for many biological functions. So it's important for maintaining our cell membrane health. Um, It helps with the permeability of cell membranes in the skin, in the digestive tract and also the blood brain barrier. It's really effective at preventing toxins from coming into the cells It helps with cholesterol transport and synthesis. Um, It helps with signaling molecules, and it also enhances the respiration of our cells. And there's some recent evidence that it may also be helpful in lowering heart disease risk. So with all those benefits, you might be thinking, well, where can I find linoleic acid? And the primary sources you can find are in things like hemp seeds and hemp seed oil. Um, Sunflower seeds are also another good source, sesame seeds. Um, And then some of the nuts, so pine nuts, walnuts, pecans, and Brazil nuts are all high in um, omega-6. And also you can find this in um, grass-fed, pastured dairy products. So the other parent essential oil that we need to get is the omega-3s. And this is alpha-linolenic acid. Um, So our body basically breaks down ALA into two forms, primarily EPA and DHA. The thing to be aware of here is that in some individuals, so this really comes down to your own genetics, the conversion of that ALA into EPA and DHA can be as low as 10%. So that's why we find that it's often um, more bioavailable for people to get their ALA from animal or seafood sources, because in that respect, the animal or fish has done that conversion for us. So it's already converted it into EPA and DHA. Um, when we're having ALA from plant based sources, then we as humans have got to do that conversion ourselves. And that can be, as I've already mentioned, as low as around 10% in some individuals. Now, omega 3s are really, really important. Around 85% of the ALA that we consume is used immediately for energy. So it's a really good source of energy. And the remainder of it is used to build cell membranes, especially in your heart, your brain, and also the retina in the eye. And there are benefits for both cardiovascular health and our respiratory health. It's also been shown to be beneficial for certain autoimmune conditions, um, things like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. And omega-3s are also a starting point for hormone synthesis. And there's some evidence that it may inhibit estrogen-positive breast cancer cell proliferation. So lots and lots of benefits for um, the health of our body's systems. So where can you find these omega-3s? So in terms of vegetarian sources, you can find it from flaxseed and also flaxseed oil. There's some in chia seeds and chia seed oil. You can also find it in things like pumpkin seeds pumpkin seed oil and then in certain nuts like cashews, hazelnuts, Brazil nuts, walnuts and also walnut seed oil. You can find it in sea algae Um, and then in certain vegetables like butternut squash, Brussels sprouts, um, kale, watercress and other leafy green vegetables. And then as I've also mentioned you can find omega-3s in terms of animal sources from oily fish, things like um, sardines, and mackerel and other types of seafood Um, salmon for example tend to advise people to stay away from the much larger fish like tuna um, because of the high mercury levels so if you are consuming tuna then you want to make sure that it's been mercury tested and I wouldn't consume it that often Um, also it's worth noting that um, tin tuna doesn't contain omega-3 so you'd need to be going for the fresh variety Um, pastured eggs are a good source of omega-3 fatty acids Um, as our grass-fed beef, for example, have certain levels of omega-3s within it. Now, the next type of omega-6 that I want to talk about here is GLA, um, known as gamma-linolenic acid. And this is a really important fat. And in actual fact, what we're seeing is kind of quite widespread sources of deficiency in GLA um, in the modern diet. And so you want to make sure that you're getting enough of this Um, It's really, really important for many processes in the body and has been shown to reduce inflammation and also help to lower blood pressure. And it's pretty effective in easing symptoms of premenstrual tension, which is why you'll see um, many women find it useful and they take it in the form of evening primrose oil, um, which is a good source of GLA. Um, GLA can also be shown to promote fat burning by activating brown fat, um, which is really helpful obviously and it can also really help the skin to retain moisture to stay supple and smooth so definitely a great fat to be incorporating into your diet in terms of where you can find gla um, evening primrose oil has it so it has around 10 percent um, black currant seed oil has um, higher levels it's got around 17 percent you can also find it in hemp seeds and also in acai berries so adding those to your smoothies can um, to your breakfast smoothie or something like that can be a really good source as well Another really, really healthy fat to include in your diet, which um, uh, is often overlooked, is actually omega-7, and this is palmitoleic acid. This is a monounsaturated fat, and there's so many positive health benefits um, that have been shown from consuming omega-7s, and this is reduced insulin resistance, so it can help to protect against things like diabetes, um, less fat storage. Um, it's been shown to help to raise good levels of cholesterol, so HDL, while also simultaneously lowering LDL. Um, also been shown to help lowering inflammation and blood sugar. So again, a great fat to include in your diet. Where can you find palmitoleic acid? Um, this is found in things like macadamia nuts um, and also macadamia nut oil, in um, buckthorn, and also in deep sea anchovies. So those are the kind of primary sources if you're not taking a supplement, um, that you'll find it in your diet. This um, foray into healthy fats wouldn't be complete without mentioning coconuts and coconut oil. Um, Coconuts are obviously super tasty, uh, but they're also really high in antioxidants and have been shown to boost thyroid function and also improve digestion. Um, Coconut oil can also help to promote the conversion of cholesterol into um, pregnenolone, which is a precursor to our sex hormones. It can help with absorbing fat-soluble vitamins, um, and it's also pretty high in MCTs or medium-chain triglycerides. And coconut oil has um, some amazing other benefits in terms of being antiviral, antivungal, antibacterial, and antiparasitic. So that's another really good um, fat to include. It does have higher levels of saturated fats, um, but again, in moderation, a really healthy fat to include in your diet next fact I want to mention is MCT oils. Now, you've probably heard of these, or you may even be supplementing with MCT oils. Um, these are actually metabolized in a similar way to carbohydrates, but without any of the insulin-related problems because, obviously, they're not raising blood sugar. Um, MCTs, once they're consumed, actually go directly to the liver where they're turned into ketones and used for energy, which is why um, people on the ketogenic diet will often be consuming Um, quite a significant amount of MCTs. Um, You can add MCT oil into your coffee if you're making something like bulletproof coffee or into a morning smoothie. Uh, What I would say is if it's not a type of fat that you have consumed before, then just build up slowly and start with a teaspoon. Um, I wouldn't go straight in with a large tablespoon because sometimes it can lead to disaster pants. So just build up slowly. Um, But MCTs can be very effective in terms of suppressing appetite, stabilizing your blood sugar again helpful in raising hdl cholesterol and improving your overall triglyceride profile and they too can help um, shed excess fat especially visceral fat which is the fat that we see forming around the abdominal area and one is obviously one of the most dangerous types of fats within the body so definitely including mct oils um, is a positive type of fat to include the next one i want to mention is olive oil one of my personal favorites Um, Olive oil is a monounsaturated fat and it's high in something known as oleic acid. It's also really high in polyphenols. And we know that polyphenols are important not just for the health of our bodies, but also for the health of our gut. So they um, help to feed the healthy bacteria within the gut. Um, So really important to have a diet high in polyphenols and a good olive oil can help with this. Um, You wanna make sure that you're consuming hundred percent genuine olive oil. So um, I think this is much less the case in Europe, but certainly in the US, I know there's a prevalence of blending olive oil with other cheaper vegetable oils, particularly in restaurants. Um, It's often combined with something like a rapeseed oil. Um, So making sure that it's genuine hundred percent. And then you want to really consume a cold pressed organic extra virgin olive oil. And you can tell a good olive oil because when you taste it, it should have um, a really kind of peppery kick. It should almost give you a little soreness in the back of your throat. And that's when you know that you've got a really good quality olive oil um, that's going to be high in polyphenols. And again, making sure not just with olive oil, but all these oils that you're consuming, that they're contained in glass bottles that are darker. So they're protected from light um, and oxidation and from plastics. And the other benefit with olive oil is it's also been shown to help with the help prevent the accumulation of visceral fat, which is that fat around the abdominal area. And it tastes amazing too. So definitely up for consuming more olive oil. So just to kind of summarize there, um, the common theme that you probably see is that we do need fats in our diet. They're super important for healthy cell membranes, for our metabolism, for um, fat burning and staying lean, um, for so many benefits, including hormone production, But what I would say is the really key thing here is quality over quantity and making sure that you're getting a good ratio of all the different types of fats that we've gone through here. Um, If you're eating animal or fish based sources uh, of these oils, then just be careful again. Even more important, arguably, um, with the terms of the quality, you want to make sure that you're not eating farmed fish. So if you're eating salmon, for example, it should be wild salmon. Farmed salmon can be high in pollutants, including things like PCBs. Um, Going for the smaller fish varieties is arguably better. So mackerel, anchovies, sardines, avoiding large fish like tuna, which have lower levels of omega-3s. And also because they're so much higher up the food chain, are more um, predisposed to having high levels of mercury, which is toxic. In terms of consuming um, omega-3s from things like eggs, you want to make sure that they're free-range, pasture-raised that the chicken has been fed the right diet and you can tell a good egg because when you crack it open it should have that lovely kind of orangey um, yolk which shows that it's uh, got good levels of omega-3 and just be careful when you're cooking them don't overheat them because omega-3s are unstable with heat so you just want to heat it gently um, in a pan so that you're not destroying those lovely healthy fats and then with grass-fed pastured meat Uh, That's been shown to be higher in CLA and to have a superior fatty acid profile. It's also been shown that grass-fed pastured meat is kind of higher in things like minerals, vitamins, antioxidants like glutathione. So um, really the overriding thing, which I hope you're getting from this, is quality over quantity. Um, But fat's are an amazing thing in terms of really improving The health of your body. Now, if you're confused with what to eat and what's healthy, or you feel like that was a lot of information, then I do have a free download that you can go and get. If you go to bit.ly forward slash green food list, you can actually download that my green food list and red food list, which will show you the foods that I like to include in my diet in terms of um, healthy foods that you can include in abundance. And then on the red food list are the foods that you should either limit or avoid completely. Um, there aren't so many that you should avoid but certainly things like trans fats are avoid ones so i hope that was really helpful if it was then please leave a review Um, it just helps us to get the message out there or share this podcast with a friend Um, and again if you go to bit.ly forward slash green food list you can download your free red and green food guides there thanks for listening remember to review and subscribe